I get there, uh, last night I was standing like right here, and I was kind of singing the worship, right? Like all we did in this, we need to get like a pit thing, right? Like a, like a, what do, what do, you, call, what do you call pit dancing? What is it called? Uh, yeah, slam dance. Uh, we need, there you go. We need a mosh pit in here for worship, okay? But I was standing right there, and uh, the song came on Cornerstone. We sang that, right? The third song, Cornerstone. And I was singing there, just raise your hand. How many of you guys know what a cornerstone is? Raise your hand. Okay, do you want to know what a, it's a stone, that's perfectly, that's true. Uh, do you want to know what a cornerstone is? Because I think it'll help us with that song. You guys want to know what it is? Let me hear, stand up and yell it to everybody. Wow, let's give it up, nice job. That's in Herman's group, okay. Here's the deal. This is a cornerstone. It's exactly that. In the old times, right, the great, great grandfather area thousands of years ago, the way they would build a, uh, a building is the same way they would build it now, but it's a little different. It's the same way as they would build this slab. And they'd put the slab down. It's a big cement slab. It's kind of a squarish, right? And they would smooth it out really nice, make sure it's perfect, all the right material, the strongest material. It would be exactly placed wherever they wanted it. And then from there, they would build the whole building on top of it. If they missed even just a small angle of that cornerstone, the building would be kind of ruined. It would fall apart maybe a year or two. They had to make sure this cornerstone was solid. The reason we sing cornerstone is that in the Old Testament, God declares Jesus as the cornerstone. He's our cornerstone. What that means is he's the base. He's the foundation. On the weekends, we come, we talk about Jesus, we worship Jesus because he's the very starting point of our whole church and our whole communities and our whole life groups to build on. Does that make sense? So in the Old Testament, Jesus was claimed as the cornerstone. When he came in the New Testament, right, the things we're going to talk about right now, he says, I'm the cornerstone. Build your life on me. Do community around me. Build your church on me, and your life's going to be awesome. That's why we sing about cornerstone. And the best thing is, I think there's a slide here. The, one of the verses says, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. Again, weird slogan. Here's what he means. When he comes with trumpet sound, Jesus is going to come back, and it's going to be the biggest party ever. Oh, may I uh, then in him be found. May I then in him be found. May I be found when he comes back, worshiping and serving him. May I be giving my life to Jesus when he comes back, because he's coming back. And who knows when that's going to be. But it's going to be an awesome party. We want to make sure that we're building our church and our life groups on the cornerstone of Jesus. So when he comes back, he's so proud and honored that we're doing this. Does that make sense? That's why we sing that song. That had to do anything with my lesson. Uh, but that's free, okay? So that's free. Nice job. Uh, all right. So Matthew 4. I'm going to pray. Matthew 4 is where we're going to get there. So turn to your Bibles. Matthew 4. It's going to be on the stage or on the uh, screen. And, uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and we're going to get going. So let me pray. Uh, Father, just ask that you would speak this morning. You are a God who's always speaking in our lives, whether we hear it or not. You speak through us through the days. You speak through us through our parents and through our leaders, our life group leaders. Uh, you call them to do great stuff, and they lead us. So thank you for that. Pray this morning you would teach us more about life groups, uh, but more importantly about yourself. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Matthew 4. I have four stories I want to share, and this is the purpose of this. I hope that when you guys leave here, this is the one thing I want you to remember, okay? That God wants you to be in life groups, not your friends, not this, this random community. He wants you personally to be in a life group, and I'm going to tell you why, okay? So here's four points. The first one is this, Matthew 4. Let's see if I can make there. Jesus grabbed four people or 12 people uh, to be in a life group. Now, this is the verse, this is the chapter that Jesus is just starting his public ministry, right? He's at the age of 30. And how long did he kind of cruise around teaching for? How many? Just yell it out. Three years. Three years. Okay, how long were we in junior high? Three years. 
Oh, man, we have some smart people in here. Three years, okay? We're in junior high for three years. Jesus taught and spoke and traveled around for three years, uh, and he did that with a group. Now, uh, if we were to read this, I don't want to read the whole thing, but the first few verses is Jesus uh, calling a few people out, right? Verse 18, Simon called Peter and Andrew, and then he comes to, uh, was it John, uh, uh, James, son of Zebedee, and John. He's just going around picking super, uh, specific people out, right? So imagine this, Jesus, long robe, beard maybe, all right? Nice guy, he's cruising through, and he's kind of looking around, and he's like, Cade, I want Cade to be in my life group, and he's, he's kind of cruising around, and he's like, I want, I want you to be in my life group, and he's picking these 12 people out. Now, if we get to verse 25, it says this, large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the regions across the Jordan followed him. So Jesus wasn't a, like a, a random guy in the back seat of a car. He was like, this guy that everybody knew about. Hundreds and thousands of people were following him, and God, Jesus, chose 12 people. So why is that significant? Because you guys have the opportunity to join a life group of like 5 to 12 people. That's what a life group is. The reason we pick those numbers is because Jesus picked those numbers, and we think Jesus had the best mindset when he built his church, and so we're going to follow that, right? 5 to 12 people. If you guys are already in life groups, you know what it's about. But we do ministry, we do life, and we talk about stuff that's going on in our lives and have fun together and do all that stuff in a small 5 to 12 person community because that's what Jesus wanted to do. That's the first point, okay? So if you're taking notes, God grabbed 12 students to start his life group. Here's the second point. God relaxes us in life groups. Now think of relaxing as like, I was going to say peace, but that's just like hippie-ish, all right? So God relaxes us in our life groups. And I kind of want to read this. This is Matthew 14. This is when Jesus is on, the, uh, on this hill. And he sends his 12-man crew, his life group, he sends them on a boat to go across the lake. And he's not with them. He's over on this, you know, on the mountain just hanging out. And uh, all of a sudden, his disciples, not knowing where Jesus are, is, uh, and it's just them 12, they begin to experience like the worst time on the lake ever. Uh, it says in verse 25, it says this, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out, oh, right before that, it says 23, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. That's Jesus. Later that night, he was there alone. The boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Buffeted is like, buffeted just kind of sounds weird, right? Buffeted is like, this ship is getting like rocked on the ocean, right? It just, imagine this little flimsy wood boat, right? And the, sh and the ship's going through all this heavy waves. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Mavericks up in NorCal. It's this massive like, 30 to 40 foot wave and people surf it and they die on this wave because it's so insane. I was there one time to see it. It's a big competition. It happens like every three years. Uh, it's this huge heavy wave and I was thinking like imagine that wave breaking over this ship like and tons of those waves. Not just one but a ton of them back to back. These guys are freaking out. Their life is chaotic. They don't know where they're going. They don't know how far away it is, right? They can't see the land. There's no lights because there's a bunch of clouds everywhere. And all of a sudden God, Jesus, comes walking to them right, on the stinking water. Have you guys ever thought about that? We sing about it, but he's walking on the water. Like, how many of you guys would want to do that? You guys see Bruce Almighty? All right, I want to be Bruce, maybe. All right, you're just like, you're just like walking on the water. And it's not this, like, tiptoeing like Bruce did. It was like, like, he sees the ships out there, and they're, like, chaotic. They don't know if they're going to survive. And Jesus is just walking towards them. Uh, and they see Jesus. They're freaking out, right? They think it's a ghost, which is really funny. Uh, and then verse 27, Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. When you guys are in life groups and your life is kind of chaotic, Jesus will come to you within your life group and say, take courage, it's me, I have you, nothing to worry about, don't worry. 
right? Jesus is going to do that through life. If it's just by yourself, it's going to be tough. And Jesus is going to be with you, and he's going to be helping you and be, and be leading you along your life. But when you're in a community of like 5 to 12 people for a whole year, man, you guys do everything together. You guys learn together. You guys are strengthened together. When you guys are going through tough times, God is the one who comes within your 12-man group uh, and says, don't worry. You have each other, and you have me. We're going to get through this. That's the second point. God relaxes us in life groups. So write that down. Third point. I have two more. Almost there. Third point. God spent the toughest times with his life group. And I keep saying God. Why don't I just put Jesus? Well, Jesus was God, right? Jesus was God. Jesus spent the toughest times with his life group. This is a point that I want you guys to think about that maybe maybe haven't considered. Um, Jesus, I mean, obviously he had a tough time here, right? He had a seriously tough time on earth. But the very last moment before he went to the cross, right, before his life was about to end, he had dinner with a specific group. And that specific group was his life group, his 12 guys, right? They sat down. They had this huge dinner, like Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, they hung out. They talked a lot. They sang a song. Uh, they were just hanging out. And that was a moment uh, where God revealed that one of his disciples was going to be the person that brought him to the authorities, that brought him to, to, to the cross. Like, that was the person that was going to lead him to his death. Uh, and so it was a tough time. And then right after that, Jesus is going into this garden, and he's crying to God, like, this is going to be so hard. Like, I don't want to do this, but if you want me to do that, then I'll do that. Right? You remember that moment? Jesus did that moment with his life group. Here's the thing I want you to think about. Sometimes we think life groups is just, like, our leader's awesome, and we're the ones that need to learn. But Here's the other thing, is that your leaders are going to go through tough times, and they want you to be around. They want you to be around. Tyler Stipp, that guy's awesome. He wants his life group to be around him. Brandon's back there. Brandon, man, he's like a hockey coach. He like, you know, he's like amateur pro. Uh, he needs his life group around there. Who else do we have here? Carly. Oh, man, when Carly's life group, those girls, they like, aren't they dancers? Like, all, don't you? Yeah, a bunch of dancers. Okay, so when Carly's down, they're just going to go over there and like dance around her, okay? Or maybe they'll, they'll just relax. God does that uh, with our leaders. He needs, our leaders need us uh, in their life groups just as much as we want to be in the life groups. Does that make sense? It is a, it's an awesome thing that the leaders benefit and we benefit. So God spent the toughest times with his life group. And here's the last thing, and I'm going to end here, okay? Ver, uh, the uh, fourth point is God wants you in a life group too. Uh, I said it. There we go. God wants you in a life group too. And I'm going to read this. Uh, relatively slowly, and I want you to think of what this says, okay? So this is the last chapter of the last, uh, or the first book of the New Testament. It says this, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Now, let me give context. Jesus just died. He's dead, right? Dead, dead, in the grave, and then he rises up three days later, and now he's like a risen king, right? He conquered the, he conquered the, the uh, death and conquered the world, uh, and now he's appearing to his disciples, and they know that he's alive, and now he's giving them one task. He's telling them to do one thing. After he just conquered death, came back, rose again, he's saying this to his disciples. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted, which is encouraging for me, maybe for you, right? Sometimes you doubt that God's there, so did his disciples. Then 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And the last verse, which is so cool, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age, right? When the trumpets sound, when God comes back, Jesus is saying, I'm going to be with you till that very day. But here's our call. Here's the one thing he wants us to do. He wants us to go do likewise. 
He spent three years, started and chose 12 people. He did life with them, the ups and downs, the awesomeness and the really bummers. And then he rose from the dead. He says, listen, 12 guys, my group, it's time for you to go do the same thing. And so you guys sitting in here, God is saying the same thing for you. It's time for you to do the same thing. We all love community and junior high, man, we love being with people, right? Our, being by ourselves is just kind of weird. We want to be people, with people. God wants you to be with people in a community. He wants you to do the same thing. Go and, and build friendships with, with people at your school. Build friendships with people on your team. Bring them into a life group and do life together with them around Jesus. And he's going to meet us there in big and profound ways. Does that make sense? So uh, I'm going to pray. Then you guys are going to break out into your breakout groups. And I'm going to explain what that looks like in a second. So pray with me. Father, thank you for just the time this morning. Thanks for that uh, you love us, that you care for us, that when life seems to go chaotic and crazy, that you come to us as you walk to your disciples on the water. Through the heaviness and through all the chaoticness, you walk towards us because you care and love us. Uh, would pray that you could get us in a life here, that you'd make it happen with new leaders and, and sign-ups and all the details of, of that, that you would make it happen so that you would build us into men and women that could uh, go out and, and lead people to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So in your circles, you guys are in your circles. Look at that. Hell, we planned that or something, right? So in your circles, you should have your, a life group there. This is what I want you to do. Leaders are going around with cards. I want you to fill out those cards. This is what it looks like. You're going to put your name, your, I think it's your phone number, your parents' name, and your parents' email. Super easy. And then at the bottom, all there is is the little uh, names of all of our life group leaders from the girls and the guys. I want you to circle the name that maybe you would want to be with the most, all right? So if you're in seventh grade... You're like, I'm not in a life group. And I see Mark Vins in there. We'll just sign up for Mark's group, right? Uh, you know, you're girls and, uh, and you're like, I want to be in a life group. Well, you know, sign up for Kirlin's group. Kirlin's on there. Sign up for her group. Uh, do that. And that'll be it. <laughs>